How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Speaking of Independence Day, I know you would like to remind people about celebrating responsibly yes. this weekend. Uh, I, you know, everybody's going to be celebrating. Uh, just be aware uh, of, of what you're doing, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. Uh, as with all holidays, that's a, uh, a big, big thing. And uh, drink responsibly. Uh, if if uh, you can, have a, a designated driver and uh, just be responsible. And, you know, we, we've been talking about drinking and driving for a long time, trying to get that message across. But with the changes in some of the uh, recreational activities that are, that are legal now, we also have to think about, um, you know, the use of cannabis. Yes. And uh, I, I think it's uh, fairly prevalent, uh, you know, now. And, and it is legal in, in the state of Illinois. Um, and you can uh, be impaired. Uh, uh, after consuming cannabis and getting in your vehicle and driving down the road. Have you guys had any uh, information so far? I know they've been working on trying to find a way to help police officers, law enforcement, uh, come up with a way to determine if someone is impaired because it's not like alcohol where there's, you know, an immediate smell. Well, that depends on on the type of cannabis, but (laughs) it it can be more difficult. It it can be, and uh, I they are still working on on standards as far as uh, you know blood levels, uh, just like with the alcohol um, levels. And uh, you know we still, if we detect it, there we still have a mechanism to test to see if someone's impaired. Uh, impairment on cannabis, you know, is is similar impairment with uh, alcohol. There's still uh, indicators there that we look for. Okay. And uh, hopefully everyone just has a nice uh, time this weekend. Yes. Stay safe. Think about other people um, when you're on the roads. That's something we have to be very conscientious of is it if is. not for yourself, look out for yeah, others. Yeah, and there's, it's, uh, you know, another high traffic uh, weekend. And uh, uh, you just have to, you know, pay attention to what's going on on the road. It's defensive driving. And you're not just driving for yourself. You're driving for everyone else that's on the road also. Yeah, that cell phone has changed the dynamic of driving. That's for sure. That's for sure. And we're, we still, uh, you know, it is um, against ordinance. Uh, it's against state law to, to text or talk on your phone while you're driving. Uh, you know, we still write uh, plenty of tickets every year uh, with people talking on their phone or texting. And, uh, you know, when you're doing that, you're not giving your attention to the roadway uh, that you need to be. And, and that's where it becomes dangerous. Yes, it does. How have the bird scooters gone so far? Getting acclimated finally with with those? Uh, we we've had some complaints on on the scooters. Um, I, I think there's been a handful of people that have been injured uh, riding on the scooters, but uh, they um, I, I see a lot of them sitting around. Um, I I don't know if the news wearing off of them or not, but. Uh, I, you know, be responsible on the scooters. You still have to pay attention to uh, traffic control devices, stops, uh, you know, stoplights, yield signs. Um, just because you're on a scooter doesn't mean that you can, you know, just go through one of those. And uh, if, you know, you're observed or a complaint comes in about the manner in which you're riding the scooter, uh, you know, we're going to address it. Yeah. I think also it, for the youngsters, take those earbuds out so you can hear people driving. That's a big thing, uh, you know, and even with bicycles. Uh, the kids, they've got to pay attention. And uh, 
a lot of times they're not, you know, they're talking or they've got, you know, ear pods on or something. Um, but that's the big thing is paying attention, you know, making sure uh, where you're riding, make sure you're staying out of the traffic. And that's where it comes in with a defensive driving, driving a vehicle is you have to be paying attention for those people also. Sure. You know, in the, the bird scooters, uh, tr- getting around in, in towns is becoming unique. There's a lot mm-hmm. of cities across America adopting, due to climate change as mm-hmm. one reason, mm-hmm. they're adopting uh, side-by-sides, benches, gators, golf cart, mm-hmm. uh, golf carts. Used to be just in your, your gated communities that that would mm-hmm. go on, but you're starting to hear about it nationwide. Do you think that's in the future down the road for cities in Illinois? Um, I'm sure it is for some, and I, I know there's some that are around here uh, that already have, uh, you know, people have the ability to, to utilize those vehicles in their in their city. Um, we don't have it here right now, and, uh, you know, that'll be up to uh, the city leaders, um, you know, if it's addressed, sure. if they want to make that happen or not. It's really been in the last five to ten years that you hear mm-hmm. about carbon sequestration mm-hmm. and carbon emissions, so uh, the, the argument for them has become more relevant uh, with the climate change topic. Right, right. Um, you know, and I, on, on our, my end anyway, but it becomes a, uh, a safety issue also. Mm-hmm. I mean, if someone's riding a golf cart down the road, um, if there's an accident, you know, it's like being on a bicycle. There's nothing around you to protect you uh, if you're in that golf cart. And, you know, you, you have to follow the laws with those things. Well, you know, what's interesting is, is, it's almost like you need new infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It'd be fine if we had a, a bike path or a golf cart path, right. you know, like these gated communities have where right. you're able to, to have their own, their own roadway, so to speak, or traffic way. Right. And, you know, low volume traffic. Uh, we do have a lot of side streets that are low volume traffic, but we have a lot of streets that are high volume tra- traffic also. Could you imagine the square if that? <laughs> no. <Wow. laughs> well, let's talk about the training, your your annual mandated training that you guys complete. It's about 150 hours. Tell us about it. Well, uh, every year, uh, each officer is mandated by the Illinois Law Enforcement Training Standards Board to uh, take there's a several categories of classes that they have to take and this is on top of other mandated training this is just specifically uh what's required uh by the law enforcement training standards board and uh we we have other training that the officers uh, have to go through they receive training annually on the uh the taser how how to use it uh, that type of thing the legalities behind it um, and there's a whole host of other training opportunities uh, that are out there through the mobile training units um, that we try to get our officers to. Um, COVID last year kind of put a, a damper on yeah. on most of that. Um, they're getting back to where, <clears throat> excuse me, they're uh, the in classroom uh, type training, and uh, so that's that's running running forward. Okay. What type of training, um, and how does it best benefit our police department here? Well, there's several categories that the officers have to uh, take training in. It's civil rights, constitutional and proper proper use of law enforcement authority, law updates, use of force, uh, human rights, procedural justice. Um, Then there's uh, classes that are uh, stipulated by the uh, the Training and Standards Board that you have to take that covers those areas. And you're required to, to do a certain number of hours 
annually in those in those areas. Okay. And law updates. There's a lot of laws that passed because we had a year of COVID. They weren't in session, the legislators. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we had a whole bunch of new laws. Yeah. And, and you know, every every year there are new laws that are passed mm-hmm. uh, that, that affect, you know, uh, law enforcement. Most of the laws that are passed don't, but when you filter all those out um, and, you know, some of the big training things, uh, the big ticket items that they're, uh, they devote most of the time to are domestic violence, uh, sexual assault, mm-hmm. that type of uh, thing. Well, and this year you have to deal with the new uh, cash bond changes. Yes. With the police reform bill. Yes. So. And, um, you know, I think, and I'll have to read the trailer bill. There's a trailer bill that's waiting to be signed mm-hmm. by the governor. It hasn't been yet. Um, I don't know when, I think it's July 1, but there's been a, a through the trailer bill, uh, when the governor signs it, there's going to be a lot of those uh, requirements that are getting pushed back. Okay. So. Well, they wanted more discussion. We, yeah. we were very well aware that, uh they, they felt that some things may work in, in the a certain geographic location of our state, but mm-hmm. may not work in a, in a different Correct. area mm-hmm. due to size of jails, uh, you know, whether you could have female inmates, uh, 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 male inmates, and so on. Correct. So um, there's, there is going to be a lot more discussion on that. Right. Which is, you know, that has to make you guys feel very good uh, that there's going to be more discussion. It wasn't just, boom, here it is, right. deal with it. Right. There's going to be more discussion. Yeah, initially that was... Um, uh, disheartening. It was, you know, brought in at three o'clock in the morning or, you know, something like that. And uh, half an hour later, they're reading this bill that's eight or 900 pages long uh, that most of the, the legislators uh, didn't get the opportunity to, to read. And then another 30 or 40 minutes later, it passes. Right. And uh, it was a lot of things uh, that I, I've said this before, um, that it was going to make our community less safe. And, uh, you know, what the laws that are that are passed, obviously, that we're going to, you know, have to uh, work with. But uh, I, I don't think that the laws, the law that were passed, uh, were going to make our community any more safe. They weren't. Right. Well, hopefully the trailer bill addresses the particular pieces that have you concerned as well as uh, mm-hmm. the other police chiefs throughout the state of Illinois and Sheriff's Association. Yeah, the, the law enforcement coalition in the state has really... Um, uh, they really did a lot of work on this and and trying to get this trailer bill in that addresses some of those uh, aspects of the 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 safety act is what it's called now. Um, you know that uh, we're going to be more manageable on our end as law enforcement. Okay, and I was wondering, uh, Chief Schweitzer, if the the use of force, how that training went, if there was more discussion about it, considering. Uh, you know, the last year and a half or so, discussion about use of force has been on the table. What, what the training we currently take now, uh, as far as use of force, uh, there, the law did change uh, last year uh, to an extent on the use of force. And we had to certify through uh, the Training and Standards Board that our policies were uh, in line with what the mm-hmm. state and federal law was. And we did that last year, um, and I reported that at uh, several council meetings. Uh, so our use of force policy is within the guidelines, uh, state and federal right now. Uh, there are some changes uh, to the use of force uh, law, um, part of the Safety Act, and uh, I believe those aren't going to take effect until um, 
January 1, I believe it is. Okay. I'd, I'd have to check it, but uh, it's either being January 1 or it's going to be July 1, and, and I've got to go look at that. And there's going to be new training areas as well as this continues with that reform bill. There is, and uh, I'll pull my cheat sheet up here okay. real quick. Um, they, there are new training areas. There's about nine of them, um, and they cover neuroscience of addiction for law enforcement, uh, medication-assisted treatment, um, elim- eliminating stigma for people with substance abuse, uh, avoiding racial bias and deflection program, uh, promotion of racial and gender equity, working with community partnerships and deflection in rural communities. And a lot of the deflection things, I think, uh, you know, obviously are going to cover, uh, you know, the drug uh, cases that we, we deal with and that. Um, part of the, the, the problem I see right now is the Training Standards Board has not generated any training for these new uh, you know, areas of training that we're going to be responsible for taking, they haven't generated that training yet. And, uh, you know, they make the bills, they sign them into law, but there's nothing there to, to train anybody on. And, yeah. and that's what's kind of been frustrating with this. And I know the Law Enforcement Coalition uh, is working on this. Um, before they did the trailer bill, uh, there were a lot of aspects of the Safety Act that were to take effect on July 1, and there was absolutely no training put out by the Training Standards Board on how to go about uh, working with that law. Do you think down the road we'll see revenue or some t- sort of investment into our police forces to have some sort of social service as a part of our police force because of the the drug addiction or the the challenges with mental illness do you think that's because you can't just call someone so let's say a 911 call is made Mm -hmm. and you have a family member who unfortunately is you know high on something um sometimes the police showing up that can escalate the, not the police themselves, mm-hmm. but because the situation is into a, a mental mm-hmm. health crisis, mm-hmm. um, what do you do? Well, they want, you know, they want social workers. Who do you call? It happens so fast, right. but you still need an officer to secure a situation. Right. And, and those are obviously always difficult situations. Um, I, I don't know if you're going to see uh, a lot of that around here. I mean, obviously in the bigger metropolitan areas, you're going to, you're going to, see departments that are able to afford or have funding for a social worker of some type to respond with them on a call like that. Uh, in a smaller community like ours, um, all we have is the police that respond to that. Right, and we're thankful to have our police officers. I should ask you, sir, uh, Chief Schweitzer, if you could wave a magic wand, how do would you see a police force, the, the perfect type of situation for these challenges in our society? Um. No, I can only speak for our community, right, obviously. Right. Um, I, that, that's a good question, and I don't know uh, if I'm prepared to <laughs> to give my wish list right now. But uh, obviously, we're here to to help and protect the community, right? And anything uh, that we could do, we could get uh, from somewhere uh, that would help us protect the community and and to keep this community safe is is what I'd want to do, right? And you know, thinking about having a mental health facility mm-hmm. uh, would be helpful. That, um, that would be uh, that would be awesome. And I know there's some mental health uh, you know services that are available. Sure. Um, but what about at two o'clock in the morning? You know, when when someone has 
someone's having a, a mental health uh, incident and, you know, we are the only ones that respond to those. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times that we do call, uh, you know, the ambulance uh, to take someone to be evaluated, whether that's uh, a family member wanting that person to be evaluated, that individual wanting to be evaluated themselves, or, uh, you know, we're doing something with a mental health code to where we are taking them into custody to have them evaluated. Sure. Well, we keep trying with the training and, and keep doing what we can do to to be the best that we can be in both our community and with our, our organizations and folks like yourself. Yes. And, and and again, that's, you know, that's our number one priority is, is public safety, keeping the community safe and, and protecting the community. And I know that one of the, the main goals that you had as becoming chief was you wanted to communicate with the public. So yes. I appreciate being able to throw questions at you yeah. and, and talk, and, and uh, you're always willing to talk to folks in the community. Anytime, yes. Officer training, anything left that we need to make sure we get out about uh, new officer training? I, I don't think so. Um, I just – I I think when people see the news and, uh, you know, they, they hear of the, the training aspect mm-hmm. uh, or, or may think that police officers don't receive any training after their initial academy time, uh, we do annually. Uh, you know, there's five pages of, uh, you know, mandated training that we're required to do. And uh, every officer in the department uh, takes that training. And, you know, obviously they're adding more, and every officer in the department will take that training also. So uh, we do spend a lot of time on training, and we try to get the officers to additional training on top of that as much as we can. Yes, I remember uh, in our last uh, health and wellness uh, uh you know, a broadcast that we did with you guys in Bridgeway and many wonderful guests, OSF. Uh, you had a, an officer who did do some uh, mental health crisis training, yes. and that was very important. Yes. And she and, did a nice job. And and that's uh, the CIT training. Um, and we'd like to get more people uh, to that sometimes. You know, the, the class offerings are limited. Uh, they're limited in uh, location. They're limited in uh, the number of people they can have in the class. And when you're looking at a whole region, and in our mobile training unit, uh, mobile training unit six, uh, it's out of Moline. We're, there's a lot of police departments between here and Moline uh, that go as far south as uh, Macomb, uh, Quincy, and they've also taken in some uh, Iowa departments around the Quad City area and south. Uh, so there's a lot of police departments um, in, in our region that our mobile training unit's trying to get training out to. Gotcha. Chief Switzer, anything else you want the audience to know? Uh, just you have a, a holiday weekend coming up. Um, there will be extra uh, patrols out. Uh, obviously, they're looking for intoxicated drivers. Uh, they're looking for cell phone usage, uh, seatbelt usage, and uh, have a safe uh July 4th weekend. Yeah, happy Independence Day. And thanks to all of your officers for everything they do to keep our community safe. We appreciate that. Thank you. That is Monmouth Police Chief Joe Schweitzer with us on 1330 WRAM.